you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, how about, you know, we don't talk a ton of ACC football on this show, but my man Trevor Lawrence, let's just give him the Heisman right now. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, Mike, I, and, and we've been wanting to come out with Pod. We just wanted some information first before it came out. And I'm going to tell you, Mike, I my emotions were so up and down on Sunday, it was ridiculous. And Trevor Lawrence, of all people, is the one that just, I don't know, I, I was able to go to sleep in a good mood. You know what I'm saying? It was, it, it seems like it was Dan Walken this, uh, Ford this, you know, it was just all these people coming out and the world's ending, you know, and Trevor Lawrence like, not so fast, my friend, we want to play, you know, and I'm all for it, buddy. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into all that, but, uh, you know, before we get into the seriousness, we like to, you know, there's, there's a lot of serious topics going on here. Let's start with something light. If we can, Will Muschamp recently on the Paul Feinbaum show, Man, he had a damn zinger here talking about South Carolina needing to take this thing serious. Here's the advice Coach Muschamp's giving his program here heading into training camp. Talking to Coach Will Muschamp of South Carolina, Coach, uh, students are they may uh, students are working their way back on campus uh, now and will continue over these next few weeks. And, and that's been the one thing that people have warned uh, the industry about what happens or question what happens when students come back. I, I know you talk to your players all day, every day. Uh, what have you said? I mean, you want them to have a normal life, but there are a lot of risks involved with, with mingling with, with people, especially at the wrong places. Well, I, I told our team when they came back in June that the teams that are going to be successful this fall are the ones that are going to be responsible and very mature in their decision-making, and that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, you need to lead a very boring life right now. I, I probably look back to your high school days and your college days. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine you had many dates. And that's why <laughs> our guys need to lead their lives right now. They, they, they need to lead their lives like Paul Feinbaum did in college. Very Never boring. had one. And boring, boring is good right now. And boring is very good. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting, Paul, in Columbia, if you drive through Five Points, which is a popular place for our students, at night at 9.30, I mean, there's no social distancing going on, and there's at least 10,000 students already back on our campus that I see. And, but our guys got to make really good decisions. Don't expose themselves to the unknown. And, and that's and, – and I, I, 
this week brought up numerous seniors that really want to play this year, uh, that are excited about playing this year. And I've talked to you know young players especially about making really good decisions. I said, because this guy, you go make a poor decision, you infect this guy, and he's going to miss at least two to three weeks of the season because of, because of a poor decision that you made or a selfish decision that you made. All right there. So <laughs> Paul, just got to live a life like Paul Feinbaum did in college. <laughs> Oh my God! You, Muschamp had that. You know, he had that in his pocket for a while. He was ready to whip that one out. So, I, I felt I felt bad for Paul there for a second. And if you ever seen Paul in college, his pictures, you know, <laughs> needless to say, he, he wasn't doing too much clubbing. So that's exactly what we need. <laughs> All right. So we start with something fun. Now we got to get to you know the big topic here, the seriousness of it. And like you yeah. said, it started over the weekend. I was away from the computer. Away, I like to unplug on the weekends if I can. My God, I didn't have an opportunity to do that. I'm getting reeled into this thing. I'm getting DMs telling me the yep. Corona Bros are, are going to win out. All college mm-hmm. football's going away. And then Dan Patrick, he was the one that broke the big news here on Tuesday. Or no, excuse me, Monday morning. That the Big Ten, Pac-12, were going to shut it down. SEC trying to keep this thing still alive here. So let's kick it over to Dan Patrick. This was from his show on Monday morning, and basically everything he said has come to fruition, at least at least this far. Here's the information I got uh, almost an hour ago. The Big Ten and Pac-12 will cancel their football seasons tomorrow. The ACC and the Big 12 are on the fence. The SEC is trying to get a delay to have teams join them. The SEC is looking at exclusive TV contracts. So once again, then I followed up with my source and I said, so the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled tomorrow. That's what I'm told this morning. Three Big Ten teams that I've spoken with said it's done. And I followed up by saying, so the SEC might go alone and bring in other schools. That's the latest. They're trying to buy time, according to my source, to see if the ACC or Big 12 will go along with them. All right, so there it is from Dan Patrick. And, Mm. you know, it was interesting because, like, you know, we're saying this kind of started bubbling on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I was down at the point there in Dandridge, (laughs) kicking back (laughs) some cocktails, having a good time. It was my dad's birthday. Next thing I know, devastating news here. We got all these reports that this is happening. And this was the first, you know, real concrete information on it. And since that time, like I said, Big Ten, done. Pac-12, mm-hmm. done. Now, they say they're going to try to go in the spring. We'll see, but who cares? But the, that started the dominoes here to where what mm-hmm. is going to happen next? SEC, ACC, you know, they're on board. That's the messaging from all the presidents, the ADs, the power brokers there, the yeah. players. Everyone's on board. And now we're waiting the Big 12. That's kind of the deciding factor. My God, we're waiting for the the Big 12 to show some defense for the first time in two decades. (laughs) Right before we hopped on here, Big 12 reports. It's not official yet, but all indications is multiple, multiple sources, all reliable. Big 12 planning to play. That's what the SEC Mm. needed. Greg Sankey's already on the record. They're not going to go this thing alone, even though they could. But I think, you know, it's very important that if you're the SEC, you you stretch from Texas to, you know, all the way to South Carolina. That's 
Big 12, ACC footprint, it just doesn't yep. make a ton of sense if, the, if those conferences were going to go out and the SEC said, to hell with it, we're, we're still going to go. So, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, but there was, an, uh, there was a mm-hmm. chance, there was a serious chance, I think, that college football was going to get shut down on Tuesday. But we're back, baby. We're, we're still in it. We're still in it. <laughs> That's right. And I'd like to think my Twitter handle had something to do with it, Mike. <laughs> I'll tell you, because like you said, it, it, it was just this this crazy movement. It was just all these media guys coming out and just, I've got a source telling me this. I've got a source telling me that, you know. And, hell, we've I've, there's so many sources out there, Mike, you know what I'm saying, that you can't, you can't believe what you're hearing, you know. But apparently these guys – Made it sound like it was a like a credible done deal thing, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting I'm getting text messages after text messages, and the college football's about to end. And dude, I was I was hitting rock bottom. And then, like I said, oh Trevi, Trevi boy, and it's you may want to turn this off, Gamecock fans, because uh, outside the SEC, my favorite player is uh, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and, and and just the movement he started, and, and, and just speaking his mind, and it wasn't just him. It was after that, it was quarterback for Oklahoma. It was a quarterback for, uh, uh, you know, every quarterback. Even Garantano was out there. Even uh, Nick's came out the next day, Helensky, you know, and then it was the players. And and I will say, not all the players were 100% into this thing, you know. I, I, I heard a little chirping. But, you know, that's why they got the opt-out clause, Mike. These guys, if if they feel like their their lives are going to be in danger, they can opt out. They're not going to lose their scholarship. They can always come back and play the finals next season, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just It felt like that movement just picked up some, some steam, you know. Uh, I, I still don't think Dan Wolkins acknowledged it, <laughs> that, that college football is still a go. And I don't want to, you know, I, I probably shouldn't bust his chops too bad oh the hell with him he's trying to cancel the sport man but uh i i can't stand that guy man you know what i'm saying it's just i've never seen anybody work so damn hard against the one thing that's keeping you employed that makes no freaking sense mike Mm -hmm. and here's the deal i mean the big 10 you know they came to this decision over the weekend and they leak it out to the media there's no leadership there's no one stepping to the forefront and you know, releasing information. And keep in mind, they released their schedule about six days ago. Mm-hmm. Now, also keep in mind, the commissioner of the Big Ten, guy by the name of Kevin Warren, he's got a son at Mississippi State. He's a tight end on the team. He came out last week and said, I'm fine with my son playing college football this year, Mississippi State. He's going to be fine. Now, a couple days later here, we got to cancel everything. So, And how long have we been in this damn pandemic where – I understand you take in new information and you've got to shift sometimes, yeah. but we're talking a span of less than a week here and we're months and months and months into this thing. They came to this decision. They leaked it out. They wanted to, yep. to get a sense of where the public is, where the players were, where the administrators were, and they just got you know an incredible amount of backlash. And they almost paused. They almost paused in their decision. We saw, I don't yep. know if you've seen this, Shane, but hell, We've had the Nebraska coach, Scott Frost, he came out and said, mm-hmm. we're going to explore other options to play. Ohio State coach Ryan Day, he has said something similar. Uh, Jim uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Penn State coach James Franklin, all these guys, 
you know, they're blindsided by this. So they're not even telling these damn yep. coaches what's going on. The most powerful coaches in the Big Ten had no idea that they were days away from getting their season shut down. And they're all saying they're going to the spring. I hope they do because I don't want, I, I want those fans to at least have something. But it just that just doesn't seem viable at all. And you're talking no. about putting two seasons of college football action on these players' bodies. They want to talk about player health and safety. That's that's going to cripple these guys. Absolutely, man. That's the key. You can't put two seasons into one. I mean, you can't just, you know, this isn't NCAA football, Mike. You know, it sometimes it takes months to get rehabbed. You know, a lot of these kids will, will play a season with some sort of ailment that they have corrective surgery at the end of the season. You can't do that now. You know, I just – I don't see how that's reliable. I, I just, I, I, that, that just can't happen. You know, you're, if you opted out, you're out, man. But I will, I will say this about the whole situation. One thing that is driving me nuts is, is the players, you know, you, you mentioned the coaches, but the players didn't have any, you know, a lot of them were getting out there and said, we didn't find out that the season was going to be canceled till we saw it on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Inside your own organization, you had no idea this was coming up. You know, you, you you heard rumors, but that's what this secrecy gets you, Mike. This is what they've had all offseason, these little private huddles, you know, and, and nobody knows what's going inside those offices or in those brains. And, and, you know, and I get it. There's a lot of people coming out, well, you got to watch the liability, liability, blah, 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 blah. Mike, have you seen CTE? I mean, for crying out mm-hmm. loud, do you think there's liability not in college football already? It exists. It's existing not only with coronavirus, but it exists with other things too. So it just drives me nuts that that is the only reason that we're going to shut this this thing down. When the kids are the safest at the school, you know, something we were talking about and something that's what the kids were saying. You want us to cancel college football. Okay, you want us to go back home and, and, and be exposed where we're not in a, a facility being uh, having our temperatures checked every day, having our, our, our uh, a coronavirus test every day. You know what I'm saying? Just keeping up with symptoms, keeping up with the protocols and the and I mean, there's just so much, it just, it, it makes no sense to just, okay, well, we're done. You know, we've, and, and some of these schools are still bringing in students, Mike, what's going to happen. Okay. So we're not going to have college football, so you're not going to be around these players, but we're going to bring thousands and thousands of kids back on campus. You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this Shane, but the big 10, apparently they're still going to meet with their teams 20 hours they're still going to be practicing they're still going to take the field what's they're just not doing it on saturday so it's it doesn't make a bit of sense and like you said you know it's not like football's causing the coronavirus i mean they're going to be going to campus they're going to be going to parties they're going to be going to the library they're going to go to the cafeteria you can get it at any of these places whereas if Mm -hmm. you're in a a monitored situation where you're getting daily or or you know multiple times a week tests uh, we'll catch it in time. You quarantine it in time. And I don't know if there's going to be money to go around if we do this, if we just cancel the season. So, and yeah. that's before we even get into, you know, how depressed are some of these kids going to be? What's their, their mental status going to be where you mm-hmm. work and grind for months on end for nothing? And now you go back in the weight room hoping you can do this all again in January. And there's there's Absolutely. no guarantee that they're going to play in the spring. So... I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking potentially 20 months of being in the gym yeah. without taking the field for a meaningful snap. And 
you know, God forbid that they do play in the spring. What happens if you tear your ACL in the first game? You're out for two seasons. I mean, this is yeah, just, exactly. it's, it's just illogical. And, and, and just some of the kids, this is what I, what I hate about the situation is there's some kids that we're going to have an opportunity to play this season. And there's all those, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, well, they can always come back next year. Well, when they come back, that kid that's behind them is a little bit older is a little bit more athletic, you know, maybe he's not a true freshman anymore. And now that guy just that, that season vet, that fifth year senior that hung around for that one opportunity lost it, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, underclassmen is just more talented. I mean, you're going to see that. Uh, I saw somebody tweeting out, uh, miles Brennan for, as an example, not saying that he's, he's not the, the, the second best quarterback to come through L- LSU this decade. And I'm not saying that, but there's a chance if, SEC stopped play and then came back the final season that he'd lose that opportunity he had to to lead the LSU Tigers. You know, it's just Trey Smith. Here's a player that came back, you know, that battled health issues, that came back to improve his draft stock. Well, if you don't have football, why would he come back? You know, he's just going to go on to the pros. So now you took away his senior year at high school. It's just little things like that, Mike, that just drive me absolutely up the walls because it, it, they, they don't, it's all about media, man. It's all about perception. It feels like with the big 10, they just, they want to do what's right. So nobody gets onto them, but I'm telling you the, the, the backlash that I have seen on, on social media, I, I would say that more has gone the opposite direction. Now there's some, you know, there's some out there that think this is the right move. I personally don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how this thing works. You know, I don't know how it, how it affects these people. And, uh, you know, I, I know that I go to work, you know, if I go to work and I see more random people every single day, I have just as much chance of getting exposed, if not more to the coronavirus than these kids that are in a, uh, a bubble there at the college. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make a good point there because certainly, you know, we, we need to make that clear. We're not suggesting that, you know, these players just need to go out there and, and health be damned. You know, no. they've got to listen to the doctors, but by all indications I'm hearing, we just had uh, the Duke medical advisor who oversees the entire ACC medical advisory group. He's a renowned uh, uh, viral sp- specialist. So you got to think that he know. and hell, he's working at Duke. He's got to know what he's talking about there, but he just came mm-hmm. out today on Tuesday and said, based on all the information he's seen and he's been studying this thing from day one, it's safe for these players to take the field. And I know there's a issue going around with the potential heart issues with the coronavirus, but you know, he says it's going to be difficult, but it, it can be managed and as long as they follow the product, the protocols that are in place. Mm-hmm. So that gives you confidence. We're certainly not suggesting that these guys need to risk their bodies and, and their futures, you know, for entertainment purposes. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. another good point. You, when you're talking LSU, Joe Burrow, he was not the number one overall pick going into last year. I mean, he made about $30 million mm-hmm. seeing the field. Yeah. Clyde Edwards Alaire was not a first round pick. Going into last season, most hardly anybody knew who the kid was outside of Baton Rouge. You were the only exactly. one singing his praises. That kid <laughs> made himself about $10 million on the field. So, you know, think about these mm-hmm. guys. Think about what you're robbing them of the opportunity to prove themselves. And Nick Saban has come out and noted, you know, hell, we got about 1% positivity rate 
all across the SEC that's significantly lower than the general population all across the Southeast. So you know these kids are in good hands. They're being monitored daily. And like I, I just keep going back to the fact that six days ago, the Big Ten came out with a schedule. The commissioner saying yeah. his son's it's totally safe for him to see the field at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And now less than a week later, we're shutting everything down. Neither one of us are medical experts, but that does not that does no. not make sense. And that says to me that this decision was already made. And it's hard for me to believe that uh, you know, just some kind of medical issue popped up in the last week that we didn't know about for months and months and months of this damn quarantine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It makes me wonder how long we've kind of known this was going to happen. You know, I know you said the schedule's come out, but I want to ask you phase two of this question, Mike. Okay, now that they're out, there's a lot of these schools, like you, you mentioned Scott, you mentioned uh, uh, Coach, is it Day up there at Ohio mm-hmm. State, all these guys saying that they're exploring other opportunities. And I, if, if I was being completely honest, I, I think the ACC was about to back out. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm pretty sure uh, that some of these other conferences were about to just pull the trigger. They were ready to domino affect this thing. But when the players got to talking and the coaches got to talking and the fans got to talking, they realized that this thing could get realigned real quick. And something even Dan hinted at, you know, the SEC's taking this extra time to to strategize how to move forward. And I think, do you think that we're going to see uh, cross-breeding cross of, uh, of these conferences? Is there, is there any chance a team like Ohio State or Nebraska finds their way on an SEC schedule or an <laughs> ACC schedule this year? I got to ask, Mike, is it, is, can that happen? You know, Greg Sankey was asked that, and he was very diplomatic, saying, "You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of contractual obligations those schools have, so you can't even approach those schools without potentially getting sued." Is mm-hmm. my understanding because you don't want to break television contracts and and things of that nature. But you know, I wouldn't. It's hard for me to see it, the SEC absorbing a team on this short of notice. Yeah. But I could see kind of like a back room deal where maybe a Nebraska or something joins with the Big 12, maybe not even immediately, but in the years to come. And Because here's the thing. if Well, uh, let me stop you there for a second uh-huh. because you saw Notre Dame do it. Notre Dame about lost everything. Now, granted, they're not in a conference, but they, they quickly switched to the ACC. Right. I mean – uh, you know, it, so it makes me wonder that it could be possible. I mean, it's possible, I suppose, but I just don't. I don't think the SEC is in a position where they need to add anybody. So that's kind of my thinking there. Yeah. But I think the Big Twelve that's a little bit different, and there's already connections there with Nebraska. That's kind of why I bring them up. And here's mm-hmm. the point I was trying to make: Big Ten, Pac-12. If they don't play, which they, they've already said they're not playing, so they're not playing, and particularly if they don't play in the spring. And the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve do play. I think they're they're basically giving themselves all the death penalty. I I don't. They're going to be yeah. so far behind. I know the Big Ten makes a so much money. They're I think they make more money than the SEC right now on the on the TV contracts for sure they do. But that's because the SEC TV contracts are outdated and 
once they get reworked. SEC will make a lot more than the Big Ten, but this is going to cripple them potentially yeah. because they're not getting that money this year. And if you're if you're thinking, well, why in the hell would you leave the Big Ten for the Big Twelve? It's because they're going to cripple themselves. We're already seeing. I mean, there's programs in there like Rutgers is a joke. You leave the sinking ship. And you elevate the Big Twelve. I mean, I I seriously think that's mm-hmm. a possibility. Let me. Uh, okay, I got to ask you another question. And I, I'm just I'm a big old dummy, Mike. When it comes to the SEC network, okay, uh, is I'm I'm, a, I'm guessing that's the contract you're talking about, like the Big Ten network, the SEC network. That's that's ran by ESPN, right? Uh, it is. But the the one I'm really talking about is the SEC on CBS. Oh, okay, okay. So the game of the week, they're, I believe the contract is they're paying $20 million a year for that. And they're saying oh, wow. okay. ESPN ABC is probably going to pay them 70 to $80 million. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> per, oh, per year for God knows how long, 10, 20 years. You know? So, I mean, that is about to skyrocket in value. But doesn't I, – I, you know, money talks, Mike. You know, I know we all got these – these contracts and stuff, but a contract's worthless if you're making zero dollars off mm-hmm. of it. You know, the universities aren't going to make, I mean, they're, they're probably going to come back and say, you know what, well, we're not going to pay you because you didn't play, you know, I'm sure there's some, it just seems like it's going to follow the money. And I, I don't know. I, it just feels to me, Mike, and I, I may just be wearing, I don't know, just beer goggles mm-hmm. here, but when I'm looking at this thing, I'm, I'm seeing the potential of restructure you know we've always talked about in the past these you know super conferences you know and 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 i think that it could get a little more condensed as we go forward because i'm telling you if the sec and the acc if these boys are the only one playing college football man them ratings are going to be through the damn roof especially when we're just playing sec opponents yeah the one thing that uh, you, you haven't said yet I, but i think you might be onto something here I think the S the excuse me the NCAA, I think it's dead. I mean, th- there have oh, been no gone. leadership. Yeah. They've got no power. They are not helping this thing. If anything, they they've been part of the problem. Because hell, we've been seeing it for weeks. Big Ten shifted to conference yeah. only. Pac-12 did mm-hmm. soon after. That left you know the rest of these conferences just in limbo, and we're just doing it all mm-hmm. over again. I mean, it's just it's every man for himself. And for some damn reason, the Big Ten and Pac-12 done shoot, shot themselves in the foot here this week. And, uh, I mean, SEC, ACC, I mean, they're – I wouldn't call it – I don't know if it's life support. I think I think they were on life support. I think now they're on some solid ground here, but there's still work to be done. But why, you know, put that gun to your temple if you don't have to at this point? And I think that's what the Big Ten and Pac-12 have just done. My favorite tweet to come out of this was the the Tex Ag one where it's got Jerry Maguire, you know, Tom Cruise is there in the office. He's holding the goldfish and he's he's going to go start his own thing. <laughs> he's like, who's coming with me? And then instead of Jerry, it has a picture of the Big 12 or the Big 10, you know, and it's just who's coming with me? Who's coming? Nobody goes with him, you know. So. I got a better one for you, Shane. This uh from Pat Dooley of the Gainesville Sun, just talked to Steve Spurrier. He said the SEC and the ACC should just play their seasons, winners face off in the national title, because one of those conferences was going to win it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, the old ball coach, buddy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out here, for, how about this for the Tennessee fans? Courtesy of uh, Jackie Clowers on Twitter. Guess who's in the top 15 now, Shane? Because half these damn teams <laughs> have canceled their damn season. Tennessee's in the top 15 now, brother. Dang. Our strength of schedule is getting harder, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Hey, what about transfers, man? I, I mean, is there still these these kids won't be able to play, will they? Even now, if one be, of them that's going to be the big thing. I I expect a lot of these kids are going to potentially transfer out. I mean, mm-hmm. why in the hell could I'm you good. not? The Big Ten really going to hold them hostage and say, you know, we've got a spring here. Maybe you, you got to stay here. I don't know. I think particularly if any of these kids can be graduate transfers. You better believe these SEC coaches are called around seeing how many players they can absorb right now. What an absolute mess. Justin Mike, Fields you know, back to Georgia. He's he's upset. Yeah, I saw him on Twitter, you know, and he was part of the wanting to play movement, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And a lot of them guys were. I, I seen I saw a lot I, I feel so bad. I you know, I hate Ohio State. I you know, I hate I hate all that conference, you know, all of them. Every single one of them. But I love I love the players. You know what I'm saying? It's it, these kids. They went there for three to four to some of them five years. <laughs> if I was in college, five years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just they 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 gave their time. They're trying to make it to the next level. Some of them have thought about that university since they were a little kid. Maybe their parents played. I mean, there's just there's so many storylines that are that are being rewrote, man. You know, and and changed by leadership that just felt like didn't understand the full picture, or maybe I don't. Mike. Maybe I don't. You know, but I, I I love college football. I I've got a lot of group texts where I've got what do they call them? Corona Bros. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm talking to you, Jay. You know exactly <laughs> who you are. Constantly texting me about the the ratings and this is you know this isn't worse than the flu and all that stuff. So I, I get kind of sucked into that sometimes. You know, so maybe maybe I just don't appreciate the disease as much as I should. I don't know, but. It just feels like we are making a bigger thing out of um, uh, than than it really is. You know that. I, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't. You know, but I see these H1N1 results, and I'm like, yeah, we didn't shut the country down for that. You know, and then then you see the okay, well, the death rate for this is a lot less than the seasonal flu, and you're like, okay, well, we didn't shut the country down for that. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it. it I don't know, man. It's just a freaking crazy year, and it feels to me like the, like some of these conferences said, you know what, enough's enough. We're going to have football, and we're going to play, and it's just I just feel bad for the kids that aren't going to be able to participate in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt, and, uh, you know, I don't got much more to add, I, and I, I agree with a lot of what you say. I hear a lot of these people say, you know, this we don't know the long-term effects, and absolutely we don't. And that's something we've got to, we have to, you know, monitor and continue to study. But, I mean, that's kind of an obvious statement, too, because this is a new thing. And how long do we got to wait? I mean, we got to wait five years before we have college football. I mean, is that long enough? Is 10 years? I mean, I don't know what the answer is. But as long as there's medical professionals studying this thing, and, you know, you got to listen to these people because, it's not these people on Twitter telling you what you should do. It's it's these medical professionals. <laughs> and I think at this point, 
I think it's uh, ill-advised to just kind of hand out advice when you may not know behind the scenes what in the hell is going on. Yeah. Well, it's like they say in Shawshank, you know, you got to either get busy living or get busy dying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we don't have to constantly talk uh, corona and everything. We've got actually some good clips here from a couple SEC coaches. Mm. And you want to uh, jump on down to both the Columbias. we got Columbia, South Carolina first. You ready to do it? Yeah, let me go get another beer, Mike. <laughs> Late last week here, Will Muschamp met with the media, and it was pretty cool because they actually did a press conference. It wasn't one of these Zoom things where the reporters were on Zoom, but Coach Muschamp was at his podium there giving a presser. Felt like we were getting mm-hmm. into uh, you know training camp, and yes, most of the questions were about coronavirus, but he got into some uh, information here on that kind of – there was a lot of buzz coming out of Columbia because freshman quarterback Luke Doty – spotted getting reps at receiver so we know mm-hmm. south carolina gamecocks you know they're they're a little thin at uh, the receiver position this year and just coming off a poor season will muschamp on the hot seat he's trying to get his best players on the field these questions may be a little bit hard to understand so i i can run you through it here but let's start with his comments on luke Doty and why the true freshman is playing receiver now he's not you know, transitioning full-time to receiver, but they've got to get their best players on the field this season. Uh, let's kick it over to Will Muschamp. You know, when we finished our first day, five days of spring, and I do this every year, I have the offensive coaches treat this like a draft. And I said, after the first five practices of the guys that participated in those five practices, draft your team, uh, one through 11. So who are the best 11 guys uh, on our offense, do the same thing on defense, and then we cross-side the ball. The defense does the offense. The offense does the defense. So draft your team. And Luke Doty's name kept showing up in those top 11. So he's sub 4-5. He competes his butt off. He practices hard every single day. He's extremely bright. He's extremely intelligent. Uh, and he can contribute to our football team and help us win football games. Bottom line, he's a really good athlete. So uh, he's a guy that's going to play multiple spots for us offensively. All right, Shane, so I saw – you know, a lot of South Carolina fans at first kind of questioning, what in the hell are we doing here? What's <laughs> This was a guy a lot of players were, or a lot of fans were saying, let's let's give this kid a chance because we, we weren't yeah. totally happy with what Holinsky was bringing to the table last season. But, you know, it's just really – it's, it's really – I don't know if unfair is the right word, but maybe unrealistic to expect a true freshman to come in, no spring, very little offseason – to kind of come in there and start. Now he's facing 10 SEC teams. I mean, that just sounds like a damn nightmare waiting to happen. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that this kid was a four-star recruit. I believe he was a high school All-American. So, I mean, he's got a ton of promise. But, you know, in the day and age of these high school or college quarterbacks, I should say, coming in, demanding playing time, if they don't get it, transferring out, here we got a kid saying – you know, I can help us at receiver day one. Put me over there, yeah. And hell, you know they're gonna they're gonna scheme up some trick plays with Luke Doty. I bet throwing the ball. So mm-hmm. it's not like his quarterback days are over. But uh, I just think this is this is a quality move here for not only South Carolina, but I think it just says a ton of about Luke Doty and what he's all about as a college football player. Just a true athlete, and this is something I talked about, man. Muschamp has got to open it up. You know, you, you he doesn't have. Matt, say what you want. There's a lot of stuff going on in 2020, but Muschamp does not have time to wait. 
You know, if he's got some freak talent on his roster, he better get it out there somehow. And if it's Doty at receiver, then it's fine. If it's Doty coming in at quarterback to mix things up, do it. Uh, he comes out and says he runs a sub 4 five forty. I love speed, Mike, and I love speed at quarterback. And I don't know if it's because that's the way I grew up, man. <laughs> I, I used to – I used to watch uh, Mike Vick up there at Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, you know, and Marcus Vick. It, it, it's just uh, – there's just something about those boys. When they had nothing, they made something with those legs. And that's something that Doty has the ability to do. And so – and play. I mean, man, you know me. We play NCAA, and first thing i do, if I didn't have a fast quarterback, I'd put a receiver <laughs> back there. I didn't care if he knew how to throw or not because sometimes you got to scramble. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? South Carolina is going to have times where they're going to have to scramble. Can Halinski take that step forward? I hope so. I think so. But I, I think it's a short leash, man. Don't be surprised if you see a little Doty back there at quarterback. Well, I think uh, the move to transition Doty to more receivers true freshman year has got a lot to do with the Colorado State graduate transfer, Colin Hill. I talked about this you know, a week or two ago, hearing a lot of good things about him. Could be the starting quarterback for the South Carolina Gamecocks this season. Will Muschamp was asked about that. So it, this may be a little bit hard to hear, this, this reporter's question, but he's asking about Colin Hill, the Colorado State transfer, who obviously knows Mike Bobo's system, and the chances that Hill will be given the opportunity to start for the Gamecocks this season. kind of able to do right now and, and what have you learned about him over the course of the summer well he's been he's cleared for everything john uh you know he's really a talented thrower which we knew that uh, when i took the job here at south carolina we tried to get on colin and mike already had him locked up to go to colorado state uh, we tried to get in that one late in the game but uh, a very talented thrower obviously understands uh and mike puts a lot on the quarterback uh, offensively and has a great understanding of what we're doing offensively, but a very talented thrower. And, and just to follow up, obviously, all the positions are open, but do you feel like you've got a chance to be a starter? What's that? Do you, do you feel like he has a chance to be the starter? Sure, yeah. we got a great competition going on. That's what you know. Mike and I were talking this morning, that you know, competition makes us all better, makes us all sharper. We know we got to bring our A game every day to practice, which that promotes consistency and performance. So it's been good for everybody. Ryan's thrown the ball well as, as well. And, and, and last thing, with, with him uh, coming along so well and performing so well, does that give you more comfort in, in letting Luke play some wide receiver? Well, sure. I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be one quarterback on the field at a time. Um, but it goes back to me as much as anything – that comfort level, there's no question, that helps. Uh, but the other part of that is he's one of our best 11. Uh, and, and the guy's a great competitor. The guy brings tremendous speed to our team. Uh, and, and he catches the ball extremely well. So we need to get the guy on the field. All right. So, I mean, Muschamp sounds pretty fired up about what he's got at the quarterback position. And, you know, that was the spot last year that really haunted this offense. Uh, once injuries started to take their toll and – you know, they had to put true freshman Ryan Helensky back there. It was supposed to be, you know, the Jake Bentley redemption tour. We all know how that just mm-hmm. didn't work out. So, hell, you'd rather have too many quarterbacks than not enough, particularly <laughs> coming off a season where you were really limited at that position. What do you think about that? I mean, seriously, just if you're a Gamecock fan, is that what you want to hear, that this Colorado State kid could be the guy, that Helensky may not be the guy? 
that Doty may be at receiver. I mean, is this is this kind of the information you want right now? I, w- I want to hear somebody's got it. Holinsky's got it. I don't want to hear uh, Colorado State guys got it. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear that that Holinsky took that step forward and that he is going to be uh, the real deal. Now that he's not injured, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that that Dottie's just so damn talented that we're going to give him, you know, we're going to give him some action. I don't want to hear a three-headed monster coming into uh, fall, you know, playing football games. Do you? Well, no, but you know, this is a just a Wild, different offseason, you know? I mean, how long did it yeah. take Joe Burrow to take that step? I mean, it, it's yeah. nice to think these guys are just going to take a leap, but they didn't have spring. They didn't have the offseason. Yeah. I mean, are you are you just hoping it just magically happens? I mean, or do you want a guy coming in day one that knows every single call Mike Bobo's going to make, every single check, he can get players lined up, and you groom Helensky. Hell, maybe Helensky redshirts this year, and then he's your stud after a you know a season in the offense and learning the play calls. And um, I think South Carolina fans, you know, they they like Helensky, but a lot of them kind of fed mm-hmm. up with him at the tail end of last year. And I think that's unfair yeah. because he was hurt. He was a true freshman. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be the starter. It was supposed to be Jake Bentley, and he was rushed in there. Uh, you know, he's not. Used to the SEC coming all the way from California, so it was just like a nightmare <laughs> situation. And and you know, I still think he's got a ton of promise, but maybe he needs that full off season to kind of learn the system and learn the offense, and and then he can take that Joe Burrow type. You know, we probably should stop comparing everyone to Joe Burrow, but there's players that take <laughs> that big leap, and I yeah. think Kalinsky's got that in him, but can he really do it without much off season training? I don't know. Mm. I don't know, Mike. I just I feel like if I'm coaching, my back's against the wall. Yeah, maybe you go with somebody, a game manager, game manager type. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I just I, I saw I saw I saw a glimpse. I saw I saw highlights last year, and it was like that's the quarterback I was promised. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He 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 has it, man. He just couldn't get it all together, and and it's not like he wasn't throwing balls all off season. You know, these boys go to camps and things like that. You know, and I'm sure they're running routes, doing. I mean, they're going to be all right. I, I I'm just imagining though him being healthy, we're going to see a lot better output from Helensky. But uh, I see where you're coming from too. You know, you're learning an entirely new system, and it, it helps when you have somebody that can run it. Because when you know the system, you're not thinking about the system. You're thinking about everybody else in that in, in that system, in the, the placement, you know, like you said. And uh, it's the next level stuff that, that changes and transforms games. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm interested. But if I'm coaching, my back's against the wall, man. i got to have some fire out there. And I want to see it either with Linsky or Dottie. So, uh, I, I may just throw the, the true freshman out there again see how that works, you know. <laughs> Last thing from Muschamp here, he, I thought, just thought this was interesting. He was asked about potential of – you know, how they're going to handle game day travel this year. And, hell, he wants to kind of go back to the peewee days. And then at the tail end of this clip, he's asked <laughs> if uh, he's got any actual say in this decision. Coach, uh, how will uh, traveling be maybe a little different this year? Have you guys discussed maybe sending less people, taking more mm-hmm. buses? And if you have to, you know, take a plane, how will that look? 
Well, I told our guys when we started, I said, you know, the travel limit's at 70. It might be at 50 this year. So you better figure it out. We're not going to be traveling the orange eaters and steak, steak eaters. So understand that part. You got to be contributing and playing if you're going to travel. Uh, I told Coach Tanner uh, back in, I guess it was May, I was thinking about traveling as far as those things. If our league would bump back all the games from 3.30 or later, travel the day of the game, fly in four hours before the game, go eat you a pregame meal, and go to the ballpark. When I was at Valdosta State and worked for Chris Hatcher, we did that. We were undefeated. You know, we got fancy and flew to Delta State in the first round of the playoffs and got our ass kicked that, that next day. We got fancy and we stayed in the hotel the night before the game. We thought we were big time and we got out there and got waxed. So now they, they watered down the field and Steve Campbell's the head coach of South Alabama before the game. But, uh, but we got waxed because we got fancy. So I told our guys, we might just be traveling just like you did in Little League. You got your, your helmet and your, your shoulder pads. And we're going to fly a day at a game. You, you pick your stuff up and you walk into Paul Park in your cleats and let's go play. So that's what we got to do. That's what we'll do. Have you had input at all in terms of saying, hey, maybe we should play earlier games that the coaches and the SEC discuss that? No, those decisions aren't going to be made by coaches. They may ask our opinion, but they ain't going to do what we tell them. I've learned that in this league. All right, so there's <laughs> comments like that from Will Muschamp. You kind of see why he's such a popular guy. Um, you know, all around the SEC, he's good for a quote there. He needs to show more of this personality, I think, because I think it would, he would endear mm-hmm. himself more to the fans. But, hell, yeah. I think this is – I mean, as crazy as this sounds, this may be the best way to limit exposure to corona in this wild, wild year. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never thought of that, you know. But if you do, I mean, like you said, that's a lot less exposure. But – I just don't think this day and age that you can do that. I'm sure there's going to be so many people, you know, say, wait, no, no, no. We need to get down there and get everything situated. So maybe, uh, maybe instead of that, you get uh, the entire traveling squad like hazmat suits. (laughs) If if you do a bus or plane, I I think it would be easier to like, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more rules and regulations and like, I'm sure right now, like if they're at a hotel that nobody but X, Y, and Z can come on that floor, you know? (laughs) So I think they'll have it set that way that, you know, it's just our staff is going to be here and try to, and try to get away from more of the outside elements. Uh, Of course, I'm, I'm not in control of that. (laughs) Shit, two beers in, I'm already confused (laughs) at who's on the hotel floor now. (laughs) All right, well, let's skip it over to uh, last thing here, the other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. Where Eli Drinkowitz, I mean, this man's always good for a great quote these days. And he was on the ESPN 101 there in, I believe, St. Louis, Missouri. This was on Tuesday asked about the state of SEC football. Coach Drink, I mean, he's fired up. SEC's all aboard. And this is just kind of more speaks to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, the Big Ten lack of leadership, SEC. The leadership is at its finest under Greg Sankey this offseason. Well, speaking of that, speaking of disinformation, there's been a lot of rumors and obviously speculation about the fall football season uh, in college football. What can you tell us about the latest that you're hearing? Yeah, I can tell you on the record, not one of these anonymous sources that people want to put on Twitter and put all, you know, all these fake rumors out there and cause the media to get into a tizzy. And it's just not good for public health. Uh, I can tell you on the record, the SEC 
is steadfast in their plan. Uh, Commissioner Sankey has been uh, steadfast in his approach to this. Uh, he's not been flippant. He is his has been methodical. The athletic directors and presidents have all marched with uh, his message and our coaching staff, and we are planning on playing September 26th. Um, we backed up the season in order to allow us to have more time to see how this thing is going to go. There are several universities that have started school back already, and so we're anticipating there might be a little bump, and we want to be able to navigate that. But, uh, you know, that that's the plan right now, and, and I don't foresee that changing until there's more information out there. Um, and we're not really worried about what everybody else is thinking. All right, Shade. So Missouri fans got to be fired up here in this. SEC fans got to be fired up here in this because Coach Drinkowitz, uniform message from all across the SEC. They're ready for the season. Coach O said the same thing mm-hmm. here on Tuesday. I mean, it's. I mean, there's just no. It's there's no on. hesitation from these guys. No, it, it's game on, Mike. It's SEC's rolling, buddy. Get your tickets ready. All right, and uh, one final thing here. I, I love this from Coach Drinkowitz. I mean, we talked about it on Friday. Missouri got screwed by the SEC at LSU and Alabama to their schedule. Mm-hmm. Coach Drinkowitz, he don't give a damn. He says, line them up. <laughs> How do you feel about getting LSU and Alabama? Well, crud, I mean, I came to Missouri to play against the best. Uh, I mean, you come to the SEC to, to go against the best. I mean, who, who are you going to shy away from? You know, I mean, it ain't like there was anybody else. I mean, we were going to get a good opponent, you know. I mean, uh, Auburn and A&M ain't no slouch. They're both in the top 25, too. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're coming to play in this league, you know you're going to play against great competition and great coaches. We have a tremendous amount of respect for our opponents, but we knew it was going to be a, a good football team. You know what? But they're going to get a good football team in return, too. And so it'll be a great matchup, and, hey, that's why you come play in the SEC. All right, so and these are, you know, this is somewhat similar statements here. I've heard from Sam Pittman as well. The Razorbacks obviously got screwed. But, man, I just love this attitude. And this is, I think, why the players are going to play hard for Coach Drinkowitz. He don't care who's on the schedule. He just wants to play football just like us, yeah. man. He's just dying to get this thing out there. It doesn't matter who they're playing. And I think this is the only attitude. It's the right attitude. It's the only attitude to have because, hell, the, the SEC at this point – they're not going to do Missouri any favors, unfortunately, right or wrong. And that's just the way it is, and you got to play your way out of it. Absolutely, man. And they're in a good spot. Think about the recruiting aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? At Mizzou out there, if they could get a couple Ws, ain't nobody playing up north, ain't nobody playing out west. You know, it's like you, that's your territory now. You can go out there and negatively recruit and say, well, you know, we play football here. You know what I'm right. saying? It's just – I feel like this is a great opportunity for that university to take a step forward, man. Same thing with a uh, another one. I, again, it's on the fence with a. Uh, did Big, what is there? Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. So Big Twelve is officially in, right? You going back to the beginning of the pod here, Shane? Yeah, the Big Twelve. Yeah, I just, in. I, I gotta ask. I, I'm sorry, man. I, I hate to go back. I'm just thinking of other schools like like Texas A and M, you know, and all those boys down in Texas. Like if Texas didn't play, you know, I just. I don't know. Mizzou's in a good spot, man. They can, I mean, they could be recruiting up there and be one of the only teams playing. Ain't nobody got anything else to watch up there. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah, that's an interesting point. And, you know, this is something they can sell to guys like they got the transfer. We talked about Kiki Chisholm from Division II school. You know, th- there's probably not mm-hmm. a ton of tape NFL teams have to go off that kid. Let's say he makes a play or two against some of L- Let's say he scores a touchdown on Derek Stingley somehow. He turns around, does the same thing against Patrick Sertan at Alabama. 
you know, I'm not saying he's going <laughs> to rip two of the best corners in the nation, but if he did, I mean, hell, right there, his NFL stock is going to go skyrocketing. And that's how yes. you got to look at this if you're a Missouri Tiger. Not, my God, we're going to get hammered. It's let's go out, play the best, make some plays, show everybody what we got. And that's the mm-hmm. attitude the coach has got. I think that's the attitude the players are going to get just listening to him. Absolutely. All right, Shane, so this is a, a late one. So I late. think we're going to jump off here. Uh, you know, optimism is is high. I'm going by... Big 12 fan SEC Mike on Twitter these days, thanks to the the Big 12 has saved us and they've given us a stay of ex- execution here. So I'm a I'm a big 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 12 fan at the moment. But uh, you got anything else before we hop off here, buddy? Real quick, did you see the Urban Meyer video that came out earlier? <laughs> so anybody that didn't see it, you could find it on the Twitter page there. Uh, Urban Meyer is holding an interview and there's a reflection of a guy that walks into the room with no shirt. We can only imagine if he has pants. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Don't know who this guy is. Kind of has that Coach O physique going on. You know what I'm saying? It could have been him. Hell, I don't know. And uh, all of a sudden, man, he's just he's just sitting there and he's like standing in front of the coach. And then all of a sudden, Urban just freaks out, like, get out of the room, get out of the room, you know? <laughs> I was just, I'm just curious. Anybody ever come out and say, what the hell happened there? Well, it looked to me like uh, Urban Meyer's on a boat doing the interview, oh. you know, like in the cabin area. I mean, I'm just. Yeah. They doing blow in there or something? <laughs> I can I can officially report I've never been on Urban Meyer's boat, so uh, don't take my word for it. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like some kind of shenanigans were going on there. and No idea why Urban Meyer picked up the line at that point, but it is a hell of a video, and we may be getting a new scandal here from Urban Meyer at any moment. <laughs> he just tossed a body off the side. <laughs> Oh, man. No, that's, Mike, that's all I got. We're going to uh, – surely, I'm sure some more news is going to break later this week. So, I'm sure we'll jump back on. And I promise I'll get around to those reviews. Uh, it's just really late right now. And I appreciate everybody that did take the time uh, to give us a five-star rating review on uh, iTunes. That helps us out so much. And like I said, later in the week, I'll, I'll promise to read all those. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a show topic I think is going to be really good. But – I was going to do it today, but all this stuff happened, so we'll bring that to you next time. Uh, we've got some some great stuff lined up the rest of the week, so stay tuned. Mm. But that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me, Shane, as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. <laughs>